Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What up, everybody? On this episode, I interview a cool friend of mine, Scott Lemos, and um, I met him a couple of years ago at a race, and I want to say he might have been the first person that come up to me and said, hey, man, I listen to your podcast. It really sucks. And uh, so he run World's Toughest Mudder this past weekend, and if you followed that on any social media you saw that it was extremely cold. I think it got into the high 20s. And it was extremely muddy from raining the week up to it. And a lot of people tapped out early. I was looking at the results and I saw where some people only got 5 miles. Some people only got 10 miles. I mean, there was uh, not as many miles were got this year as in previous years. But, uh... Scott Lemos is a really cool friend, and I've ran a bunch of races with him, and uh, he's got a really cool story to tell. I hope you enjoy it. Scott Lemos, what is up, brother? How you doing today, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. Enjoying life, and uh, glad I'm uh, dry today. (laughs) I heard that. Have you warmed up since World's Toughest Mudder this past weekend? Uh, only when I'm in the shower. Otherwise, uh-huh. it's been tough. Still shaking that chill, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, you, you, one minute you got the cold sweats, the next minute you're burning up, and, you know, it'll eventually even itself out. I hear you. Well, Scott, like, let's start off from just telling us, like, where you're from, man, what you do for a living, how old are you, how many people okay. you've murdered. <laughs> Well, the first one is zero. Um, So originally I'm from California, but I I eventually migrated east to, uh, I live in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm uh, 47. I'm a lawyer. I didn't know you you were a lawyer. Yeah, I know. You know, know, you'd think I stayed at a Holiday Inn or something. (laughs) What kind of lawyer are you? Uh, so I do, you know, corporate law and everything, uh, you know, I've oh. worked for corporations the last number of years and, um, you know, just do various different things for them. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, so tell us about like, you know, how did you get into like fitness and start this whole OCR thing that you've been doing now? Well, you know, I was, you know, like most people are, a lot of people like, I, you know, I played high school and college sports. Uh, I played lacrosse mostly. Um, and then after that, I kind of just fell out of it. And it was a number of years ago. I just kind of got back into running. I was kind of going through a, you know, a, a divorce and I just needed something to, you know, just break up the stress. And, uh, so I just started running and I think it was back in 2014, you know, just kind of on a whim. I wanted to break up the running and, and I, uh, you know, signed up for one of those Groupons. It was the uh, 2014 Charlotte Sprint, and I went out there on a 
cold, rainy Sunday, and man, I had a blast. It felt <laughs> like I was six years old again, you know, just running in them cow fields. I think you were there. You were at the same location uh, this last weekend. Yep, I sure was. What is it? Yeah. What do they call that place? Is it Concord Farms or something? Oh, Miami uh, Church Road. Yeah. I can never forget yeah. that road. Miami Church Road. <laughs> Miami Church Road, yeah. Porter Farms. Yeah, Porter Farms. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I've run quite a few races out there, and it's a good venue. I like it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. the weather can be really nice out there, and sometimes it can be really shitty. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was pretty yeah. chilly there this weekend, but, I mean, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't as bad as the sprint was in April, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. But, yeah, we went up there, and we did that bone frog race, and it was okay. It was okay. It, I mean, to me, it, it ain't a Spartan. It was, it was not as good as Savage, but better than Terrain. So, I mean, it's kind of like a middle ground race for me. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. I ended up, I ended up doing the... Uh, uh, bone frog endurance earlier this year in Virginia Beach, and uh, you know that was uh, that was uh, they had just released that race this year, so it was, that was kind of different, you know. But uh, mm. you know, it was pretty cool. Went out there, challenged myself to you know to run all day and keep my band, and I was successful, and uh, you know did pretty well. Didn't you podium there? On that? Uh, fifth. fifth. I got fifth overall. Yeah. So how many how many miles did you end up doing there? Um, you know, I, you know, usually they say it's like nine and four are the the legs for that, but I think it was a little bit shorter than that. But I think it was somewhere around about thirty miles in like six hours. Oh wow, that's pretty good though. Yeah, I mean, it was really flat. It was really flat, but uh, you know, the, the obstacles, you know, they they uh, you know after a while they uh, they really do. Oh man! Really do test you. Oh yeah, I would, that's what I was telling Leanne when we were running it. I I told I told her I was like I couldn't imagine doing you know the uh, endurance challenge here, whatever they call it, where you do yeah. a bunch of laps. It's cold. I mean, because it was in the forties when we were running. I said your your hands would just be ate up by the end of the day because they have a. So, I mean, a lot of their grip obstacles are really abrasive to the hands. Yeah, yeah. I end up using tape in my hand, like. Like rock climbing tape, just so that they don't get chewed up and everything. Uh, uh, yeah, I noticed yeah, how you tape like every knuckle on your finger, right? Yeah, yeah. It just—it's kind of a holdover from when I played lacrosse, just so I could like have good grip on something when you when you sweat because you know your finger your fingers get a little slippery or whatever. But you know when things start getting muddy and whatnot, um, and that actually worked out. Worked out uh, really great for me this last weekend. Right. Yeah. So, man, tell us about how your your uh, world's toughest mutter uh, adventure went this weekend. Now, bear in mind, I don't know a lot about toughest mutter because I've never run one, but I know a little bit. But just tell us how the whole weekend started out, or like, how did you, you know, I mean, I'm, this is your third one, right? Um, it's my second world's toughest mutter running. Right. Uh, I've pitted one and then I did the, uh, the battle frog 24 hour race a few years ago that, uh, Atkins had designed. Right. I bet that was so, a tough yeah. course. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't too, it was flat. It was down in, uh, uh, like the Miami area, but you know, battle frog had those really tough obstacles and that just, you know, your your arms were ready to fall off at the end. Wow. 
So how did you prepare for this race this past weekend? <laughs> you know, that that's, uh, honestly, it, it's been like years in preparation for, for something like this. Um, from grip strength to running endurance to, you know, just doing prior events. I mean, it's not like, you know, I just decided, hey, I'm going to, you know, I've never done this before. I'm going to run this. I mean, you know, that's kind of what happened the first time I did, you know, uh, the BFX race. Uh, BFX 24, but uh, this one I've really been, you know, kind of concentrating on um, and, uh, you know, preparing. Uh, you know, I uh, I think I've talked to you about this before. Like, you know, I've been using a running coach, uh, you know, Dennis Welch, uh, the Endurance Project, and, uh, you know, he kind of, uh, you know, coaches us along and then, you know, kind of towards the end, kind of put us on a very specific plan to, to tailor our training for this race just to make sure that we were, you know, good to go. Right. And he's pretty, I mean, and I mean, I know there's a lot of coaches out there. Uh, he's, he's one of the relatively affordable ones, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's got, I mean, he's got very scaled models. Uh, you know, I kind of use the lower end one. Uh, you know, I'm just a, you know, I'm an age grouper, you know, I'm like just kind of a competitive guy or whatever, you know, I don't, I'm not going to go out and, you know, win money or, you know, knock down a whole lot of podiums or so you, your you know, plan maybe. wasn't to wax atkins ass this past weekend then huh please come on <laughs> man. i mean you know a lot, a lot of people who've tried and, you know they've come up short so yeah. uh i mean you know i'm like i said i'm 47 <laughs> and i know you know I, I know kind of what my limitations are and you know i've got a family and all that so it's like i you know i gotta concentrate on that part and you know this is just kind of my fun thing but um, you know, getting back to, you know, the, the, you know, you know, the training, I mean, it's just been, you know, kind of years in the making and, and, you know, uh, other races that we've been at endurance events, uh, that I've done, uh, you know, kind of leading up to this point. So tell us what it, you know, what, what were your, I mean, when you come to uh, to world's toughest mudder, like on on Friday, you you go there and you pick up your you pick out your pit area and you get your packet and your bib like all the day before, right? Yes. So what is that yeah. like? So how do you pick a pit? I know, like you know, the top athletes they get like prime, you know, frontage for like pit areas, but like for let's say anybody else or like a first timer, like how does that work? Is it kind of like you wait in line and you all go running out like it's black Friday to get the best area? Uh, uh, kind of in, in a way. Yeah. They had it, they had it, you know, uh, you can pick up your bib based upon, you know, whether you a elite contender or contender, or you were going to get your Holy grail, your Holy grail, meaning you would, you were, you would have run the tougher, the 10 mile and then the uh, toughest, race, eight hour. the toughest, and then the, the world's toughest. And, uh, and then they had the open sort of the, you know, first timers and everybody else. So I got there and, you know, this was Friday. I mean, it was just completely just the, the, the venue was completely soaked. Yeah. It was just rained raining, all like, week, rained all week, you know? And, um, uh, this was a new venue for them for this, for world stuff. So, yeah. you know, kind of nobody really had an idea what to expect. You know, we, we 
kind of got an idea from the from the maps that they gave us and all that. But it, the pit layout was uh, far and away much much better than uh, the way they had laid it out in Vegas. Uh, essentially, they had they had it laid out where the the finish line and the start line just kind of ran right down through the middle of it, um, and you know, even if you got like the worst, the furthest pit spot away from the the course, you know, you might only be like, you know, uh, I don't know, a hundred feet away. Oh well, that's not were, bad. There were different there were different areas where you could just come in and out. Uh, it was very very easy. So how I picked mine was just from experience. The most one of the most difficult things. Uh, in running a race like this is being able to communicate with your pit crew right? Um, and for them to be able to spot you when you're coming in because they really have no idea uh, when you're going to come in. You know, they, they monitor, you know, they kind of look at, you know, what was your last lap time and know that, you know, likely you're not going to get faster, you're going to get slower. So, you know, they just kind of have to be around so that they can see, you know, what are you going to need? Um, you know, uh, maybe they go out on course and, you know, find a strategic location and, you know, ask you on the fly, you know, hey, what are you going to need when you come in? Uh, but in this situation, I think it was, I had a really good pit spot where we were kind of on the very edge or the very front of when you entered the entire pit area. So, um, you know, I kind of rounded a corner and I could see my, my pit crew there. Uh, and I would just tell them, Hey, I need this, you know, I'm going to change into a wetsuit. I need cup of noodles or, you know, uh, you know, I need some sugar, you know, give me some Oreos or whatever. Um, and so you just come in and, and get it and then go on out. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, it was really, really easy this year to, to kind of get in and out. So that's cool. Um, so like in your pit area, I mean, you said, like, what all stuff, you know, for the first time or don't know nothing, what would you tell somebody to bring to their pit area? Or what did you have in your pit area? Oh, my gosh. Everything? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I had the, the biggest thing. And then the pit area race. is like, what, a 10 by 12 little spray painted square? Yeah, it was a, it was a, it's a 10 by 10 area. And I was with three other runners, so we had three spaces. So we got them all together. We I heard that's the way to do it. You, you find some groups of people, that way you get more, you know, property. Yeah. We, we had two tents, and then we had one common area with a pop-up tent. And that's just kind of where we, you know, we use that where, you know, we would be, uh, the runners would be, uh, you know, getting food or, you know, getting a change, whatever. Uh, and run out. Um, so yeah, that's that's what that's what we would do. Uh, in terms of like the gear, um, you know, there's there was actually a, you know a couple of years ago there was a great a group that was put together for for World's Toughest Mudder like first timers and they you know they help you out with like gear lists. Um, I've also because I've done like hurricane heats and all that, you know, I kind of have an idea of you know what i would want i've done you know uh, 50k races so you know i kind of know you know hey what what am i going to want on a multi-lap race and you know you you have your your basic clothing you know you have layers long sleeve stuff you know couple couple different pairs of shoes in case you know 
one shoe isn't working out for you, you want to try something else. Uh, with this race, you know, you kind of have all that. Plus, you're going to have um, various different things that are going to keep you warm. Uh, and, you know, obviously the, the, the wetsuit is, is the way to go. And you have different thickness wetsuits uh, to help you out. A, a windbreaker is a kind of a must-have. Right, because uh, the, the wind will still penetrate a wetsuit pretty good. It, yes, most definitely. Uh, most definitely. Um, you know, you, you, your body can tolerate the water, the cold water. Uh, and then, But when you get out of the water and you start running, you know, that, that air start, or that breeze starts to cool you down. And that's what gets you. Um, so just being able to shield that. Um, I, you know, probably the one the one piece of equipment that I have, you know, besides like a windbreaker, you know, just like a hood, leg mitts, uh, just being able to, you know, get your hands, keep your hands warm and then, you know, being able to get them on an obstacle real quick. And for those of y'all that do not know what bleg mitts are, they're designed by a woman that runs uh, World's Toughest Mudder, and she's from Australia, so I think that's the only place you can order them from is from Australia, and they're they're like uh, fifty bucks, I think, and they yeah. look they look like penguin gloves or whatever, you know, and they've got a slit in it where you can slide your hand out of it, right? Yes, something like yeah, that. Yeah, they. Yeah, they're, they're, it's one of those things like you're, you know, you, you might not think that it's going to keep you warm, but it does because your, your hand, although you're, you're kind of like in a cocoon. Um, so your hand is able to, you know, get a little bit warm. It can drain the water. Uh, and so, then you can get your hand out pretty quick. So I imagine uh, those are made out of neoprene, like a wetsuit yes. material also. Yes. Yeah, they are. Um, and, uh, I found those to actually be, I've, I've messed around with a few different things and when it starts getting cold like this i've found for me personally that's the best thing like diving gloves and all that they just don't work for me because um the, especially on the grip side of it like uh i actually i tried a, a a pair of gloves in this race that i'd never tried before just because i knew it was going to be really cold and i uh, I said, Hey, you know, why not? And I ended up failing a particular obstacle that using those gloves, whereas the rest of the time when I just used my hands, I did it just fine. So, um, you know, it's, it's always about trying new things, you know, hopefully you try it in training, not in a race. Um, and then, um, you know, just sticking with that in a race and, you know, manage as best you can. Right. And so the the race actually started at what twelve uh, p.m. on or, or twelve afternoon, and yeah. then ended at twelve the, on Sunday. So when did I mean I know the first lap is kind of like a sprint lap where there's no obstacles and you just go as pretty much as fast as you can, just kind of break up everybody, right? Correct. Yeah. It it starts at twelve on Saturday, ends at not quite. It doesn't end at 12 on sunday it's it's you you can't start a new lap after 12 ah. on sunday and then they give you an hour and a half to finish whatever you know wherever you're at um so it's it's essentially a 25 and a half hour race uh, and i think they've had that format for a while now right um you know the other the other part about it is, is that you know you kind of have to be in pursuit of an active lap after 8 a.m 
on that Sunday morning to be a considered a like a 24 hour finisher. And I know there's you know a lot of people who you know mess around with that or debate that as to whether you know are you really a finisher? You know if you know yeah. you're a finisher even if you just do one lap and all that. But um, you know kudos to anybody who went out there this weekend because that was just that was man it was it, I mean I watched it and the whole time I watched it. You know, because I almost signed up this year, and the whole time I watched it, I was like, man, I'm glad I did not sign up this year. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, you know, I've seen some of the statistics people have been compiling about it, you know, compared to other years. You know, the, the, one of the things you look at is, you know, how many miles did people do and everything. And, you know, the, 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 the number of people that achieved 70 miles was... I think the lowest it had ever been. Um, And then like the number of people that achieved 50 miles was of what it has been the last couple of years. So yeah, I I went and looked at the results and there was a bunch of people that just got one lap and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people, you know, they just, they just kind of go out there for the experience and and have a good time. I'm sure. And for some people, I mean, you know, it is one of those things. I think, you know, some people, they're just not prepared for that. Um, they just weren't. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, other people, they're just, their body lets them down. Um, you know, despite all their training and all that, they just, you know, they get cold despite everything that they do. Right. So, in so after the sprint lap, you know, the, that's when the obstacles start coming in. But from what I understand is they have like rolling starts. So it's like every lap more obstacles open up and then at night certain obstacles open and some obstacles close. Right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Um, the, the, yeah, they've done, they've done that format, uh, for a number of years. And a lot of it's to, um, change it up, prevent congestion, you know, in areas, change it up give you something different this year they kind of did something very very different uh they kind of went back to something they 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 tried before which is a uh, it was referred to like the golden carabiner i saw Um, that i was going to ask you about that so essentially they give you the golden carabiner was was if you earned a carabiner and it was just a little thing it would give you the option to kind of choose a different course and essentially what you would be choosing is a course or a segment of the course that had no obstacles you bypass them so you know you could get a significant advantage now how you earned it was uh different uh they gave you three different ways to earn it the first way was is if you completed uh five laps or 25 miles Um, and you, you had to you know at the conclusion of your you know, your fifth lap, you had to go ask them at the, the uh, sort of the, the main stage right there. You had, you had to you know, tell them your name. All right, I completed, you know, 25 miles. You know, let me have my carabiner. Right. Um, so if you didn't ask for it, you know, they, they told us up front, uh, you know, if you take off and you don't ask for it and you come back later and say, oh, I didn't get it. They, they were like, we're not going to give it to you. Ooh, um, wow. Yeah, so I so I picked it up. Um, then at other times, uh, I think at between twelve and three, uh, you could earn another one at uh, Funky Monkey, 
Um, and essentially what they would do is they made a, a sort of a lane where they made the obstacle more difficult. Um, instead of having the monkey bars, you now had essentially short ropes with a knot in it. Uh, very kind of very similar to way sometimes you see like on the Spartan rig or right. like on a Savage or whatever, you know, you have a, a short rope with a knot on it and that replaced the, um, uh, the monkey bar section. Keep in mind, uh, these things were completely covered with ice at that mm. point. Were you able um, to do it or did you even try? Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even attempt it at that point. Um, I, I, I made a strategic decision, uh, to after my second time of doing funky monkey i decided i was going to intentionally fail that obstacle every time after that because it, it is one that it demands a lot of uh grip strength um i had looked at what the penalty was for it the penalty was a short loop a short run maybe um you know a quarter mile 400 meters with carrying a sandbag Oops. and i was like okay i'm just going to take that save my grip strength for other obstacles right so i didn't even try it um i i, I did see Rhea cobalt try it and uh she she was not successful and as i understand it there were there were very few people who were able to actually get it wow by the time they opened it up you'd already been going for 12 hours so oh yeah unless, unless you had you know uh supreme grip strength you're you know you're you know you're likely to not get it um and then the third opportunity to get a golden carabiner was at a new obstacle that they just released. It was called Leap of Faith. And essentially that was an obstacle where you would you'd be able to get a running start and uh, you would jump out over like a water pit. And then there would be like a hanging cargo net. I think I saw and a little video for that one, yeah. And you had, to, you had to grab onto the cargo net and climb up to the top and then shimmy down a, uh, a a pole that was at an angle. Um, so what they did with that one, as I understand, was they kind of, I think they did away with the cargo net, and I think you had to, like, uh, grab, like, a, a hanging ladder of some sort. I, ne- I never saw it because I just, I bypassed that area of obstacles. Um, they had a, they had a, uh, another or a section of the course where um, it, you could bypass the some of these grip strength obstacles in favor of the shock their, obstacles. Yeah, they're you know what they call the high voltage uh, lane. So yeah, it was like electroshock therapy, entrapment, and then operation. And I had committed myself that I was like, you know what, I'm gonna you know, I know I've got good grip strength, but I'll risk getting shocked multiple times just so that I can, you know, do this and, and save my grip shank for other things. So, you know, that's like one of those things, you know, you were asking me about, you know, how do you prepare for this and all this? I mean, you know, I, there's a lot of, for, for someone like me, I think there's a lot, there has to be like a lot of strategy that goes into it. Definitely. Of, you know, just figuring out what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, um, you know, are you going to intentionally fail something just to save your grip strength to be able to go on uh, and, and do other things? And, um, you know, I think some of that just comes from experience and just being out there doing it. 
So on these shock obstacles, like, I mean, what, how hard was that shock? Was it like grabbing an electric fence or something like that? Um, it wasn't too, too bad. Um, probably because by the time we got to them, we were already wearing our thick wetsuits. So that all that, you know, that sort of neoprene rubber, you know, kind of diffuse it. Cause I've, I've done the, I've done electroshock therapy, in a regular race and when that thing hits you man, it hurts right. uh you know you feel it uh but uh I, I only felt it once or twice operation you know i think i only got shocked once and uh, that's like a pole that goes through like another hole and then you have to like take a rubber band off of a bolt or something like that that's what it yeah, yeah exactly yeah you fish like a, a pole with a hook on it and through a little, through a little hole and the hole has like a metal strip on the inside of it so, so that if you touch that it shocks you huh? yeah 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 oh. so, yeah you're also standing in a pool of water and you can <laughs> see you can see the grounding uh wire there so you know when you make contact you've grounded uh and, holy crap uh, and because everything's wet i mean sometimes you can get shocked because the person next to you because everything's wet you know electricity travels uh that's funny so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you get uh, shocked because the person beside you gets shocked, and then you might drop your pole and get into it, and y'all just make a chain reaction of shocking each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it's just a, it's just a you know, there's a method to kind of doing it. You just kind of put the pole on your shoulder and dish it through, and get a get a get a, a wristband and pull it out and be on your way. Well, I saw and, uh, I saw where some of the. Uh, I think I saw where Trevor Psychos had even took that route one time. I think a lot of them were trying both routes just to see which one they could do faster. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really know. I know I saw a lot of a lot of people take that. Um, it wasn't it wasn't very demanding physically, um, so I could definitely see where they would do that and then save their grips into the others. Um, but I know, you know, other than like Trevor and, and uh, uh, Chris Mendoza and, you know, some of the other top people, like a lot of the teams, you know, like the top teams, um, you know, they did, they were able, they had such large leads. They took time off in the middle of the night, oh, wow. uh, like during those dark hours. Like my, my good friend, like Brian Gawiski, who's on the, uh, the Lindsay's Angels. I mean, they, I think they were able to, you know, take a little rest in the middle of the night because they had such a large lead. Yeah, because wasn't they like going two two on at a time, or was they all yes. together? Yeah, so like Ryan Atkins and Ryan Woods were running together, and then Lindsey and Brian Gawiski were running together, and uh, yeah, they were they were they were kind of they would do multiple laps, and yeah, I saw they uh, killed it. Second place wasn't even close to them in the team. Yeah. And, you know, I guess it just, you know, I don't know, you just never know who's going to show up and who's going to be your competition and all that. But I mean, I can totally get it that, you know, with a lot of those, a lot of those people, I mean, they just had tremendous race years. So they, you know, uh, rather than run this thing solo and just beat themselves up, you know, go out there and go out there and have some fun. I mean, that's, that's, that's why we're there. Um, It's one of the draws for me is you know it's it's fun to go out there and um you know do those obstacles and and do a race where you can help each other out i know you know you and i've run a number of sporting races and other races where you know you you know by rule you cannot help each other out 
And, yeah. the, you know, hey, that is what it is. You know, that's that race. This is a community type of race. We're all in it together. You know, we're all there to encourage each other and, 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 and get it done and, you know, uh, help each other. And, and this definitely was one of those where it, it paid to, to work together to save your strength. Right. Uh, you know, and especially when, you know, every obstacle was covered in ice. Wow. Yeah. So you were talking about penalty loops for, uh, like, if you failed an obstacle, did every obstacle have a potential, like, failure loop? No. Some were mandatory completion. Uh, you had to do it. Um, like, uh, uh, the one I can think of offhand, Mutterhorn, they're basically they're 50 foot frame cargo net right like you had to do that if you if you didn't do that you know you could you would be disqualified and all that so right. um there were certain a number of obstacles like so it's pretty much to, like the grip obstacles right well yeah like the grips obstacles um uh yeah you would you could uh, take the penalty loop and you know the distance and the elevation of whatever the loop is all varied so sometimes that's a you know that's something you just even if you're not failing it maybe you see somebody that does and you ask them like, Hey, what's that like? You know, just so you can get an idea to to start to strategize about that. Yeah. Spartan started doing that at a couple of races I've been to. Uh, They did it at the New Jersey ultra. And some people were saying that on Twister had a penalty loop on it. And some said the penalty loop wasn't that bad. So they were on their second lap coming through the ultra. They just fail it and do the penalty. But the spear throw, it had a penalty loop where it sent you up this steep ass hill and then you had to turn around and come back down. So that was not worth yeah. it. <laughs> but Yeah. You know. and, and probably the contrast had a little bit, you know, these, uh, these obstacles, you can try them as many times as you want before you take the penalty. Right. Um, I think with, you know, with Spartan, you know, you know, you probably get one try and yeah, then one you got to do it. One shot and do it. So, um, but you know, it is you know, kind of gets into that whole debate about you know how do you you know burpees versus bands versus you know penalty loops and all that. Like, how do you you know what's the what's the way do you do you set it up? Yeah. So do you kind of you know make it so somebody can't cheat or you yeah. know that you pay a you pay a physical price for failing an obstacle yeah well you know people's you know people cheat burpees and people hide their bands and but i mean with a penalty loop you know i mean i guess technically if it's a wooded penalty loop you could cut course but to me it seems like a penalty loop would be the fairest way in all honesty but yeah but then you got to think too where if the penalty loop is shorter you know, some people might will just blast into the penalty loop and not try the obstacle. You know. Yeah, it's all it's all strategy. Uh, yeah. If I recall correctly, like all the penalty loops were out in the open. Um, I'm sure you did round corners on some of them and all that, but they were they were all out in the open. Right. Um, yeah, I think so. But a penalty uh, loop oh, with a carry. Yeah, of, now that's a different story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about one one penalty loop wasn't that I, I took. It was on the uh, Twin Peaks, a really cool obstacle. Uh, we had to kind of climb up uh, one side of a. Basically, it was almost like 
the design of it was almost like the way Olympus is, where you know you climb up one side and you shimmy down the other with a rope, and then you gotta climb up the other side with a rope and then climb down it. But in the in the middle is water, like a pit um, of water. So if you slip and fall yeah. into it, that's that's yeah. considered fail, and you have to run yeah. the penalty loop if you fail it too, yeah. right? And we yeah we had that, that was a that was probably about a half mile three quarter mile penalty loop, and it it did go through the woods. Um, I bet that sucked when it got ice on it. Uh, yes, it did. It did. That <laughs> rope was that rope was bitter cold. Um, but you know that was like one of those things. Like I, you know, I had those blood mitts. I mean, you know, I just blast through that thing, and then as soon as I got done, I would, you know, I would, um, you know, put those things back on. They they actually they're what I started doing a little bit was sometimes you didn't even have to take your hands out of it. Right. Uh, you, know, you you could you know like if you were walking up like a uh, uh, what was it happy ending the equivalent of like the Spartan slip wall right you know you didn't even have to take your hands out of the out of those things to grip that rope uh, mm. so yeah that's pretty cool yeah so at what so when you started this race um. Did you like try to run as much of it as you could until you got tired that you had to walk, or did you pick sections where, you know, you would run and sections you would walk, like you know, run when it was flat and downhill and walk all the uphills? How, what was your strategy going in? Uh, well, since you have the the happy hour, sort of that free hour, you know, you kind of want to get as much distance as you can without burning yourself out. I mean, right. you can't win a race that early but you can't lose it if you just kind of run too hard so you know just pick a pace that you can maintain um i we we saw a elevation map um you know beforehand so i knew that you know there were a number of like little hills and everything and i made a decision very early on that i was walking every single hill right like i was just not going to spend the energy that's smart though spend the energy and that's kind of like an ultra thing you know whatever just don't spend the energy, you know, running those hills because if you power hike it and you're decent at it, you know, you're only, you know, behind whatever, you know, like a few seconds and then just run downhill and run the flats and all that. So I think I ran for probably, you know, I was able to consistently run for about 25 miles. Right. Uh, and I think I achieved that somewhere around about somewhere between like eight, to 10 p.m. on Saturday. Oh, wow, that's pretty the, good. And then the rest of the time, now mind you, you know, obstacles had been opening up and, uh, you know, they were uh, uh, they were becoming more difficult um, as the night wore on. Uh, but then after that, you know, it was, it was basically just a whole lot of power hiking, uh, very little running, uh, except on like downhills, except where, you know, it was like, it was kind of easy to do, right. um, un until the end. And, you know, you're just trying to, you're just trying to hold on, at least for me anyways, you know, just trying to keep moving. And that, I think that was the big thing with this race was because it was so cold. I mean, it got down to, got down to 28. That's insane. Um, Ugh, gross. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just, just keep moving. Um, you know, to, to generate some heat until, you know, you're, you're just, you're, you're praying for the sun to come up. Cause once that sun comes up and it starts hitting you with that wetsuit, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. 
more people who maybe slept at night during the pits, you know, they come out, you know, it becomes a kind of a, a little burst of energy to power you through to the end. Right. And you stayed out the whole 24 hours. You didn't take any long breaks in the pit area, did you? Correct. Yeah. The That's... only time I was, uh, the only long breaks I took were wetsuit changes. And you know, I, I want to thank my pit crew for that because I wouldn't, uh, you know, it was, it was like my wife and, uh, you know, a couple of co- uh, close friends uh, who were out there helping me. But uh, without them, I mean, you know, I, I, I would not, I would struggle to think of what it would be like to try and change a wetsuit. Oh, yeah. In and out of one. They're um, a pain to put on by yourself, for sure. Yeah, especially wet. And, like, you know, whenever I would stop and, you know, we would do that, I mean, I would start shivering, you know, pretty quick. Did you have uh, multiple wetsuits or did you just have one? You know, I had, I, I essentially had, like, three. Jesus. I had, <laughs> I had a one, well, I had a one millimeter uh, top and bottom, kind of like the equivalent of frog skins. Right. Um, it's made by... Uh, NRS, um, and then I have a a, a combination. It's a combination three millimeter and two millimeter wetsuit um, made by um, uh, U.S. divers, and then I have a three millimeter vest that I threw on over that. Oh, wow. So basically, I, I basically made the, the torso section six millimeters thick. Um, and then I, you know, I had a hood. It was like three millimeters, and then the the blade mitts and all that. So, I mean, it was, you know, I think the big thing with a race like this or any any type of race is, you know, you gotta have options, and you know, yeah. I, you know, I also carried a space blanket with me for a period of time to wrap around me just to keep warm. Wow. You know. So even with all that wetsuit on, you still you know, we're feeling the cold. Oh, it sucked. It was, I mean, I was in the pain cave and I think most people out there were, uh, you got, you got to be a ghost town at night. I think there were a lot of people said there were maybe a hundred people or so out and, you know, throughout the night, wow. uh, maybe, maybe 150 or so who stayed out through the night. I don't um, want to like a, a cup of coffee and soup at every single pit. I think, <laughs> You know, I tell you what, that was, uh, I've never really done that. I've, I've always gotten away with just like eating like cheese pizza or like oatmeal cream pie, but hell yeah. Um, but yeah, having a like cup of noodles, like warm, something warm really helped me a lot, uh, yeah. to stay warm. Too. It warms your insides up, man. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, cause I'd never, I'd never gone this long in this cold before. So was, yeah, I saw they like, had like a table with like four or five microwaves on it for like all the pit crew members to go there and warm stuff up yeah. for the racers. Yeah, That's the hospital cool. hospitality tent. Yeah, yeah. They, that, they did a good, they did a good job this year uh, providing enough access because like in the past, like in Vegas, they didn't, they didn't have as much uh, available as many microwaves available, but uh, they they did this year. So, do they have like power outlets for like people to go and charge their phones at for like what like uh, Ragnar does and everything? I, you know, if you're in your pit area, no, you're not allowed generators or anything like that. Yeah, I, I don't out. know if you can power your phone if you're go to the hospitality tent. I assume you can because they got like you know power strips there, but right. I don't know. I didn't really check it out. Um, hmm. Yeah. 
So was there a part, a point during the race, like where you were starting to hurt really bad, like in your joints, knees, your feet, or anything like that? Yeah, my knees hurt a little bit because we were doing a lot of crawling. Um, I, I think the biggest thing was, you know, that sort of that two to four a.m. time period when there was really nobody, not a lot of people out there, and you were getting cold, and you know, you're lonely. Because sometimes you'd see somebody and sometimes you wouldn't. And, you know, you're not always around people who are going the same pace. And, um, that was right around the time that I I cashed in my my golden carabiner to, to avoid some water obstacles. And oh, so I went blame. for a nice, it was like a nice mile and a half, you know, jaunt through the woods. And I was completely by myself for a while. And, and I'm telling you, I was, I was like getting delirious. Like I, you know, I was just starting to like, I was talking to myself, just trying to keep myself, you know, awake and alert and, <laughs> you know, just kind of there. And, you know, it just, it really messes with you, the, the cold does. And, was there, like, uh, points where you could feel yourself, like, trying to fall asleep while you were walking? Was that, I mean, was that a thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember there was one, there was one section I did that. Uh, it was almost like you're drunk walking. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, it happened to me a little bit more last year than it did this year. This year I was a little bit more, uh, better prepared for it. Uh, and I was able to do some things to snap myself out of it. Um, you know, just kind of, you know, occasionally I'd like pinch myself to like generate some pain to, you know, to kind of like. Or shock yourself myself. on purpose on yeah. the shark, on the shock. Uh, -huh. Obstacles. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I did one time. You know, I touched uh, like uh, electroshock therapy to you know kind of give me a little jolt and like, oh, okay, I'm awake now. Because <laughs> uh, I like the one thing I didn't do. I didn't take a whole lot of caffeine like during this race. Like, I don't want to. I know you and I have talked about it. Like, I don't like to spike my heart heart rate up too much right. uh, for things like this. I think I'm immune to caffeine. <laughs> man, I can drink a cup of coffee and go to bed, dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but yeah. so tell me about the obstacle that you know, I saw everybody posting in their feed, and that was that obstacle, the stacks, which was, you know, a bunch of shipping containers that yeah. more or less stacked up to almost 40 feet where you first climbed up the backside of it over a series yeah. of other storage containers, and then you jumped off a plank into a, I think they said it was 16 deep, 16 foot deep pit of water. Yeah. What was that um, like? I, you know, full disclosure, I skipped that obstacle every single time. Dude. Um, I know, man. That was like the most epic obstacle there. I know. You must be scared of heights or something. It's, no, it's, I, I mean, I do have a, I have a healthy respect for heights and all this. <laughs> if it were just, if I just had to well, go Well, shit, I've got heights, a healthy respect for heights. <laughs> um, I mean, if it were just, if we just had to do it once, you know, I'd probably do it. But it's like one of those things like, okay, there's a reason why when you do a triathlon, you do the swim first. It's, you know, you're oh, yeah. fresh, you're not tired, you're not going to drown and all that. When you're that thing didn't even open up until midnight. So you've already, you're already 12 hours in, you're right. tired and everything. And, you know, climbing up there and then going down, I mean, that is just a ton of energy. Yeah. I heard the penalty loop that. wasn't even that bad on it. It wasn't, it was like, I mean, you just kind of, I mean, I think, I think it was about a half mile. So, I mean, while somebody was climbing up, 
you know, I'd go up on the penalty loop and I'd just sit there and watch them, you know, climb up and jump off and everything. And I wasn't really losing much time. Um, you know, um, I mean, it would probably take me, it'd probably take me like, cause it was about a half mile. It'd probably take me about maybe, you know, seven, eight minutes to walk it. Man, I can't you believe know? you didn't try it at least once just to say, yeah, yeah. I jumped off that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just one, I thought about doing it in my last lap and I was just kind of like, you know, I was like, I just, you know, I just, I don't yeah. want to take any unnecessary risk. I was like, I was, I was coming uh, in for like, yeah. you know, my, my 10th lap and, you know, I won that 50 mile bib and I was like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything to jinx it, you know, and it was just like one of those things. And, you know, that I don't really regret it. Well, I don't regret not doing it. You um, got to think too, at 40 feet, you know, you climb all the way up there and if you land in water wrong at a 40 feet, jump i imagine oh, yeah. you could probably you could probably hurt yourself pretty bad oh, if you pretty didn't good, land just right yeah and when you're yeah. tired and fatigued it, it, it would probably be easier to for something to go wrong so it probably wasn't a smart that probably was a smart move i think i heard somewhere that ryan atkins had even they had started skipping it too i think it just i mean everything is designed to wear you down and it's you know it's just about like okay can I tolerate this? Do I have enough energy? How much is this going to wear me down if I do it? Um, and it's, it, you know, the, the point of the race or like, you know, is to, you know, help each other out, but, you know, is to get laps, get laps, get laps. Um, you know, it's not about, you know, keeping your band and doing every obstacle. Right. You know, if it were, then yeah, I'd do it. Oh, you yeah. know, I'd, I'd do it. I just, you know, like, like any other thing, I just figure out a way to do it and get it done. But, you know, I'm going to use it, you know, it's kind of, that's you know, kind of where I approach, you know, my, my career practice of law is like, you know, I use the rules to maximize my advantages. Right. Well, I'm kind of like you, I'm th- I'm thinking about doing it next year, but I'm, you know, I'm going to wait a while to sign up for sure. But I would like to do it kind of like you go out there, have a good time. Don't kill myself, and the goal to just be out there for 24 hours, whether I get 25 miles or whatever, the goal is to be out there for the whole duration of the race. Yeah. I just think yeah. that to get the most out of it, I think that would be how you do it. But, yeah. man, I, I do not want to do it in no 25-degree weather, though. <laughs> well, they're, they're having it back there, so it's quite possible. It could be 25, it could be 70. I know. Um, that's exactly what I, I mean, say. I'm, I'm definitely thinking about going back next year. Uh, I'm thinking more on the uh, doing it on a team relay where, you know, I'm just not out there all the time. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. It's nice to, you know, to, to say you've done 24 hours, but it takes a lot out of you. Well, keep me I mean, in mind. I might sign up and do that with you. Yeah. That'd be a good um, way to get my feet wet, you know, for a first yeah. one. Get your feet wet, and you know you don't you don't kill yourself. I mean, it's at the end of the season. I mean, you're yeah. You know, you maybe maybe you're banged up a little bit and whatnot. I mean, oh, always am. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, you know, I think it's just a good way to to do it without you know get the experience without like having to just beat yourself up completely doing it. So yeah, that's cool. And so you got yeah. fifty miles, and that gave you the. The fifty mile bib, and don't you get like a headband for being out twenty four hours and all that too? Yep, yep. And then I got a uh, nice little uh, chalice uh, for the holy grail thing right. for the whole the holy grail. You know, kind of holds the beer. So I was like, I christened that baby with the 
with a with a yingling the other night. <laughs> no, that thing's got a skull on it too, and that makes it really appealing to me because I like skulls. Yeah. Although it's funny, the, the people that got one last year was like a huge beer mug. It was like a man. That thing must have. That thing could probably hold like three or four beers. <laughs> mine, mine holds like one. <laughs> <laughs> and and apparently they you know they say like if you take it to the venue, you know they'll fill it up. Um, at any venue, at any race, or is it just for mutter. that one? Tough Mudder. Oh, that's at cool. Tough Mudder venue, they'll they'll fill it up. Hey, that's I don't know cool. If that means, uh, unlimited refills or what? But I, I I don't know. I haven't looked into all the rules in that. Shoot, so. it ought to be. You know, that's pretty. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Unlimited refills, man. You you worked your butt off for that. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So yeah. all right, Scott, man, I got a, a couple of questions I want to ask you. You know, um, okay. So, so, out of all the races or endurance events that you've done, what has been your favorite race and why? Favorite race? Uh, or the one you're most proud about, the one that had the most experience, you know, the one that sticks out in your mind the most? Honestly, I think it would have to be the PFX 24 and then maybe this one. Right. Um, I just, I loved Battlefrog. Uh, and doing that race was just so, you know, I'd never done a 24 hour race. So that was just, you know, that was just the, the ultimate, this one, because I just, I put everything I had into it. You know, I, I, I don't feel like I had any big mistakes and, um, you know, it was a, it was just a grueling race. So it's just very satisfying to, to, you know, to achieve a goal. Right. All right, I got to call you out on this because you know you just messed up, right? What? <laughs> because last year at World's Toughest Mudder, you got married right after the race. You were supposed to say that was your best race. <laughs> uh, well, I did it afterwards. I didn't get married like during the race. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I would have said too. That wasn't so, part of the race. That was way after hours it was, it after. Was, it was like it was like you know the next day. It was oh man, it was I. Oh God, she's she's gonna kill me for this. But uh, <laughs> so so it was kind of funny. We were like some of my friends. They had gone off to the awards banquet the the next day, and other friends had gone down to Vegas. And so it was me, my wife, and another friend. We were sitting there, and you know how you know people just get to talking and whatnot. Right. My one friend Tracy was asking my wife. She's like, so you know when are y'all getting married? And, you know, my wife. She was you know. She, you know how the way women are sometimes they, they're like yeah mm, you know and, and she said to me she's like well she's like you know if it was important to you it would have happened by now yep and i was like you know i said to my mom i was like oh really and i was like well, <laughs> i was like well guess what we're getting married today <laughs> and so i mean we we threw it together with the help of our friends we threw it together like that day and we ended up getting married in front of the uh, the Bellagio uh, and, and the water fountains and all that That's uh, awesome. out there out there in Vegas. And what was really cool was she had a childhood friend who was out there uh, who lives out there, and he's a lawyer, and his wife's a, an officiant. Oh, so cool. she ended up performing this ceremony. Oh, so that's it was cool just, how that come together so neat yeah, and quick like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Our, our family didn't think so, but... <laughs> oh, well, Y'all did know. what? <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Their kids were like, well, you did what? And, but, you know, you know how it is, man. I'd rather have unhappy kids and, you know, family than an unhappy wife, so... <laughs> there you go. Happy wife, happy life. Happy, li- happy life. <laughs> there you go. That's the way. All right, man. So what has been your most or the race that you 
was the worst race to you or the the race where you hated the most and why? Oh, I hated the most. Or hated, endurance hated, event, you know. Hated. Oh, you know, uh, I can, oh, I remember this one very, very well. Uh, yeah, coincidentally, it was a Battle Frog race. A couple of years ago, it was uh, Battle Frog 2 Atlanta. Uh, I think it was like 2000. 15 was that yeah, one at 15. Lake Lanier? no 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 it was it was kind of out there near uh near uh, dallas uh um, oh okay and it had rained like all that morning and i mean like i got to the first rig and it was just so slippery like i couldn't even get past the first rig wow. and i had been working on my grip strength and everything and i'm i mean i just it was just so miserable just running that race in in that rain and you know everybody was sitting there at the rigs and they were just you know they were getting into hypothermia because they were you know wanting to stay there to not give up their band and you know finally i was just like oh, heck with this man i was like my kids were there my my you know my wife well she was my uh girlfriend at the time you know right. they were there and i was like oh man heck with this it's like i'm just i was like oh. I don't care at this point. Uh, you know, I'm just going to finish this thing up. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, because I had failed so early, it just was like, oh, I lit a fire under my butt to, you know, that you know, you're never, you're not always going to have a race when it's sunny and pristine. You know, you're going to be racing in rain, you know, whatever, snow sometimes. Yeah. So you just got to, you got to be able to deal with it, you know? That's right. Well, shoot, man. Uh, what is like your race ritual? Like, what do you do like before a race to prepare? Uh, like right after the race, if you're running the next day to like recover. Like, what is like you know, what's your go-to? Uh, usually the morning of, it's like a Cliff Bar banana yogurt. Uh, I become addicted to fit aid <laughs> i freely admit that I, I get a fit aid in the morning just to make sure i get my body in neutral you know before i hit this uh, uh, uh you know before i hit it um you know i started like this year you know i kind of jumped on that bandwagon of perform elite um yeah i like I, it too know, you, i've been i use it i don't I take it every day to load it because i'm poor and cheap yeah but i i i would because the the it would help me. It, it helped me a lot with uh, the sort of the blood sugar, the glucose side of it. Like I have a hard time regulating it, so right. uh, you know, if I if I need to run really fast or whatever, you know, it helps me to be able to to, to maintain like an aerobic threshold pace for a good period of time. Right. Um, so yeah, that's what I'll do before a race, and then uh, you know, uh, after a race, it's you know beer time man <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it's like, you know and then get ready for, if i got one the next day get ready for that well the next time we're at a spartan race man i got a bunch of beer tickets to give you oh yeah i well i think uh i think fanville next year might be my my one and only uh next year i don't know uh, i'm gonna lighten up my load next year um but yeah my uh my wife had done uh, she had torn her ACL this year and I had oh, no. another friend, I had another friend who, who, uh, uh, she had actually torn both of her ACLs. Um, oh, man. and so we're kind of targeting Fayetteville to kind of come back and just kind of have a, 
nice, nice, good race, you know, and uh, kind of reentry into racing for them and cool. just go have a good time. So, uh, so yeah. Um, but I, 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 I think I might be going back to Noram next year. I had a lot of fun doing that this year. Yeah, I saw where you um, went there. Did you enjoy that? I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was it was awesome. Uh, I'd never really done a short course race. Uh, that was cool. Um, Those obstacles looked really difficult. A lot of the grip. Uh, obstacles. they were, and then and, well, they they really were by the time I got there because the like in the morning it was perfectly you know sunny and all that, and almost as soon as I got into the starting corral, it started to rain, and uh, so you know it rained the entire for my entire run wow and uh like yeah it just it 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 was like carnage just watching people fail left and right and you know because i worked on my grip strength i was able to uh uh, i was able to make it through i I did get stuck at a a rig for a while but um i just let my grip you know kind of settle back down and uh uh, i was able to get it eventually and then uh you know kept, kept my bands and uh, it's a great venue. Um, yeah, it's right, right, like five, ten miles away from Killington. Oh wow! Yeah, you can see it when you're at the top of the mountain. You can see Killington. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think I think maybe I'll you know I'll, I'll do that one again, and then I'd, I'd like to try the team relay for World's Toughest. But other than that, I don't. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna take it easy next year and not really race all that much. I got a couple savages, um, but uh, you know, it's, I've been pushing it real hard the last couple of years. Yep, it starts adding up to all the travel and all. It pretty much eats all your extra money. It eats all my extra money. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's super expensive. Yep. So yeah. Scott, I got one more question for you. So out of all the races and you know events that you've done, what is the craziest, weirdest, or funniest story that you have craziest funniest weirdest story yeah um oh man wow i mean besides Uh, getting married on the fly right after a race (laughs) yeah yeah oh you know this this is kind of funny so um a few years ago you, you remember how like they would uh you know they had the uh the spartan had the um the U.S. Championship Series and all that, and yeah. they had it at uh, Asheville. And uh, you know, I, it was back when I would, you know, I would try to run elite because I was trying to, I was trying to go for you know like masters and all that. Right. Um, so, you know, they would send the men out first, and um, it was really funny because the, the uh, uh, I was running Asheville, and I got to the barbed wire crawl, and I'd kind of heard you know, from the back of me that, you know, one of the females was coming up and it turns out it was, uh, is Lindsay Webster. And, and, uh, you know, she kind of goes right by me and, and I, you know, I, I know her and I was like, Hey, you know, great race and everything. And, you know, nothing more to it. And then when they, I didn't realize that there was a camera crew there. And when they, when they showed it, they showed her like passing me. And I'm telling you, like, it was as if I was, like, totally checking out her ass. Like, <laughs> so it looked like you were saying, great ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, I was like, I had to laugh at that one. I was like, oh, my gosh, that is just so funny, you know. Um, yeah. 
I know I used to like watching all those uh, TV shows because like every single time, you know, a girl or even a guy would go and throw a spear and they'd miss it and they'd show it in slow motion. You could see them just say it, drop an F-bomb right after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so funny. Yeah, so... Yeah, that was a cool race. I think that was pr- that was the year that Hunter won it, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was yeah, like like that was the beasting area, or the beasting uh one. Yeah, actually, even it. even that's yeah, funny because uh after he had he had won the race, and I guess he was down at the showers, <laughs> and I guess my wife happened to be hanging around or whatever, and he's like he. She told me about this. She's like, "Hey, come on, come on over here." And he goes, "Would you would you mind, you know, picking these these things out?" And she was like, uh, "Yeah, I'll do that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny, man. I used to, I used to love seeing him in races, man. I, I, yeah, it's it's like a total man crush on that guy because he is just such a beast. I yeah, mean, he's he can, funny as hell too. Oh yeah, just you know. Uh, it's always always cutting up so yeah i think at that race so it was the first time i ever failed the monkey bars and they were slick wet and it was right after that bucket carry oh, yeah. and, and Lindsay had already passed me like running up the hill right after we put the bucket down and yeah. I fell off the monkey bars right there at the end, and I dropped the loudest f bomb. And she, I said it. I mean, it was so loud. She looked up from doing the burpees. <laughs> <laughs> I went over there and started doing the burpees, and I sent her a message earlier. I said I apologize for, you know, if I scared you or something like that. And she's like, "Don't worry about it. I've done exactly the same thing you did." And then messaged somebody and apologized for saying it by them. So I thought. Oh it was yeah. Fun. Oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, We're passionate. <laughs> oh yeah, I you know it, actually I've done it out of joy too. Uh, yep. I like this year at Noram when I finished up the last obstacle, the last grip strength obstacle, Urban Sky, and you know I knew that all I had to do was cross the finish line, and uh, you know I just dropped a big one, and then I realized there was a whole bunch of kids around. I was like, I'm sorry, yep. kids. I was like, Michael you does know. that at like every race. Oh, I am like, yeah, yeah. I can, I can definitely see why he's doing them because you're over there taunting them. Oh yeah, yeah. I give him hell for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, shoot, yeah. Scott, man, I'm all out of questions, man. Is there anything you want to add or just you know tell anybody out there? Oh yeah, well you know just uh, gotta thank. Uh, whew thank my wife for putting up with me and um you know uh you know give a little shout out to to the endurance project they really helped me out and and you know at the end of the day it's you know it's people like you you know that you meet out on course that really makes it enjoyable you know they talk about race family um you know there's this whole group of people that you know you're just kind of like a a traveling show and you know every weekend it's you know, or wherever you travel, it's just a different one. You get to see people you haven't seen for a while. That's right. You get to see people you've never, you never would have seen otherwise. And, you know, it's just a really great community. Uh, That's what makes it fun. It it really does. It really does. Um, You know, and, uh, you know, you, you come back home and, you know, people that you hang around every day are like, you know, what are you doing this for? And it's like... <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's kind of hard know. to explain it. It's kind of hard to explain until you actually do it. You know, it's yep. like, 
Which it's kind of like West Virginia. We've made it a tradition. Well, I mean, it's only done it two years in a row, and I haven't seen it put back on the schedule this year. But, you know, we do the Beast and the Super. We do that competitive. And then during the sprint, we all stick together as a group, and we have a good yeah. time. And you went with us this, this year, so yeah. that was a good time. We yeah. always have fun doing that. Yeah, it was it was awesome. You know, it's great to just kind of kick back and you know just enjoy it. You yeah. know, as opposed to like you know, kind of race your heart out. Yep. Well, shoot, man, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, Scott. And oh, congratulations yeah, cool. on your race at World's Toughest, Thank you. man. That was epic. It 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 was uh it was man yeah it's gonna take me a while to process that one but it was it was tough and uh, definitely worth it and um. Yeah. Are you like drinking out of that uh, holy grail, like when you're in the courtroom now? <laughs> <laughs> no, they kind of frown on that, but I might, I might, I might go home tonight and have one out of it. You know. Just to, just <laughs> well, right. well, when they would frown upon it, that's when you just get loud and say, "Bitch, I earned this." <laughs> <laughs> and the judge will say, "You know what, y'all, sir." <laughs> contempt throw them back there for a little while throw them back in there with the rest of them yeah it's just a coffee cup your honor yeah yeah so alright Scott hey man I appreciate you taking the time doing this man and shoot we'll talk to you later man alright I appreciate it thanks for having me on be good brother alright peace out Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Scott again for taking the time to talk to us. I uh, also want to congratulate him on conquering such an awesome race that had really extreme conditions. I congratulate anybody that was out there. I mean, watching all the live feed and just the videos people were posting in the conditions, it looked miserable in a miserable way. Uh, so anybody that was out there, my, my hat is off to you. And it's so cool he got that Holy Grail cup. It's so cool. I would drink like everything out of it for a long time. It's got a skull on it. What's not to like? Uh, I will be at Spartanburg this weekend. It's going to be cold there. It's going to be muddy there. Um, I saw a video earlier where they said they were going to have fire pits out. So that's kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of my friends that are running the Ultra. So I'm really looking forward to it. I was looking forward to an Ultra that could be totally runnable. But... Now with all this rain, it looks like it's going to be a mud fest. So, hoping we'll have a good one. It's my last ultra of the year. Going for three belt buckles this year. Michael was supposed to go, but uh, where's he at? He bitched out. Uh, guess that's what a bitch muffin's going to do, right? Anyway, if you see me at the race, please come up to me and say what's up. I love speaking to people that listen to the show. Um, I'm also going to be doing the December... Uh, beast and sprint down there too so look for me there uh, follow me on instagram and facebook uh, leave a review i will read it um also i thought i had something else but i don't anyway see you at the next race peace out